This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Jay Gruden, the only head coach to get a second contract and spend six seasons in Washington in the Dan Snyder era. Going to join us in just a moment. Quick reminder that we are giving away tickets to that Nickelback show we told you about. Coming up in one hour at 6 o'clock, so make sure you're listening at that time. And at 525, about 20 minutes from right now, we'll continue our convo on the OC search here in Washington. The idea that Eric Bieniemy could be interviewed. Would he possibly be a fit? Is that something that could play if he decides to leave Kansas City to come to D.C.? Something we'll ask Jay about in just a moment. He is on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Visit BetQL.com. Uh, Jay, why don't we begin with game one yesterday. If you're Kyle Shanahan, when you find out Purdy can't throw and now Josh Johnson is out, should he have immediately gone to Wildcat? And how hard might that have been if, if they only have a small package of plays or they don't practice it a whole lot, rather than going 10 on 11 with a quarterback who's just going to hand off? Because since the game, that's what everyone's saying, is that maybe they should have gone to Wildcat sooner. Was, is that a realistic critique? Uh, I don't think it would have mattered. Uh, Philadelphia, I think, would have had no problem stopping either one, um, knowing that Purdy couldn't throw or uh, snapping a ball in McCaffrey, knowing that he can't throw either. So um, they were just in, in one of those miserable situations that you can't get yourself out of because of injury. Philadelphia's pass rush is incredible, Jay. Have you ever seen anything like it, and, and how would you try to slow it down? Well, I think you have to slow it down and try to run the ball at them, one, and try to get them out of their comfort zone, which is getting in three-point stances and getting up the field and rushing the passer. That's the only way, really. Uh, quick game, and then obviously pounding them at the point of attack. That's what you have to do. I think that was San Francisco in intent early, and then they lost the quarterbacks, and, and then all hell broke loose. Do you think that the NFL should or will implement the three quarterbacks being active, not to hinder the inactives and the active numbers like they used to after this game? I don't know why they got rid of that. I really think it was a great rule. I know the teams tried to manipulate it by playing a, an athlete as their number two quarterback. If their starter got hurt, then they would probably pretend the two guy got hurt as well and bring the third guy off the bench. Um, but I think it's a great rule um, to have a situation where if you lose two quarterbacks and have to go to Wildcat, uh, it's not good for the game. It's not good for television. And that was a miserable game to watch there in the third, fourth <laughs> quarter for everybody. Jay Gruden on Grant and Danny. Here on the fan. So early in that game, Devontae Smith goes up the ladder, makes what looks like an incredible 29-yard catch, and he immediately has, I didn't really know what he was doing, but even sitting on my couch, I thought that must mean he's telling him to huddle up. He's just banging his knuckles together, and everyone's now sprinting, and they're trying to get the snap off. To me, that's a tell. I'm a coach. 
I know that they're sprinting to the line. The wide receiver's imploring them to get the snap off. It's only the first half. It's a fourth down play. I'm just throwing the red flag and taking my chances. Can you take us through why maybe you can't just do it that way and assume that the player who didn't make the catch knows that he didn't make the catch? You know, what might have been going on with the 49ers on the sideline there and how that process plays out? I agree. I agree with you 100%. I knew right away he didn't catch it when he was telling the team to hurry up and go to no huddle. He was banging both fists together. That was their signal for no huddle and to hurry up and get a play called because they didn't want Sam Fran to have the opportunity to challenge. My question to you is, and I don't know this rule, but all turnovers are reviewable, but that was fourth down, and that's technically a change of possession. That should be reviewable as well by upstairs. I guess not, though, but that definitely should have been thrown a flag um, because it was such a huge play. I mean, instead of getting the ball at midfield or right around midfield, first and 10 for the 49ers, San Fran or uh, the, the Eagles get the ball at the six. I mean, that, that's a play that should have been reviewed, and I'm sure uh, Kyle will have a few words with his video assistant upstairs in the press box. How often did you challenge a play just based on how the other team was acting? In other words, like, oh, they don't think they did it. I got to throw this thing before you even got word that we know that we're going to be right? You'd always err on the side as if they're jumping into no huddle right away if they're not a no huddle team. You know, that's one tell where they're trying to hide something. They may, you know, Devontae typically, if he makes a one-handed catch and it's legitimate, what's he going to do? He's going to drop the ball, give a first down signal, maybe a high five or do a little dance or something like that. (laughs) Instead, he jumped up and said, hurry up and get down here and snap the ball. He knew uh, and that was a tell that I think San Fran should have known as well. Bruce was ne- I mean, the rumor. Remember this, Danny was yes. like Bruce was somehow involved was gonna in ask. that process. Bruce was never actually like that. Was always a bit, right? What the Bruce was upstairs? Like that Bruce was involved in the process to challenge or not? Every now and then he would come in uh, after the fact and say we should have or shouldn't have challenged. You know, I always like that. But um, in game, like he, he was never. <laughs> That's no, he, he was like in that. a press box. I think he was in a press box with the coaches, uh, and then he would come on the set after the very few times would he. Uh, he was part of it a couple times. Um, if it was a rules question, because Bruce is very good at the rules interpretations, uh, but for physical plays, out of bounds or fumbles and all that stuff, uh, no. But did he have the ability to even talk into your headset during a game? He would take one of our assistant coaches who were upstairs headset and, and talk to him, but he didn't have his own headset. No. That's so funny. But he never once got in your ears and was like, challenge this. Uh, no, not to my knowledge. I feel like I'm on trial. No. <laughs> not, not to my knowledge. I, I just remember, I just thought it was, the, the, one of the things that got talked about a lot was Bruce one time made it seem like he was like the guy who decided if you guys did what like he hinted at it that it was his call. Early in my career, my first year, he was up there and a little bit more active uh, with situations like that. And then the last two or three or four years, uh, he wasn't up there, and I didn't hear from him. Jay Gruden with us here. You can leave the stand, sir. <laughs> That's right, you're dismissed. Yeah. What is it dismissed? Jay Gruden with us here on GND. Jay, before we jump to the other game, I want to ask you about the interview process that's going on right now, right? There's so many different, you know, the the, the hot stove or whatever you want to call it, of, of coaching and all the different candidates and, and, and going through all these different things. How much, when you went through this process of interviewing, was I got to say what, they, what I think they want to hear versus I just kind of got to you know do what I think is right here. What was that balance like? Uh, both. I think you have your, you know, as a candidate, if you're interviewing for a job, you have to be yourself and, and try to show what you're going to bring to the football team uh, with your ability to coach players, uh, lead players, and then your system, obviously, you have to sell your system. And then you also have to understand, let the coach understand that, hey, I'm a 
I work for you, and I'll do ultimately what you want, but here are my beliefs, and here are my philosophies, uh, and then I'm willing to change some of them based on what your philosophies are. That's the most important thing. But the most important thing is obviously is, is who you've been around, who have you led, what things have you done in your career, um, and, and your ability to make people better. And that's the most important trait of a coach. Can you make players better? So the reason I ask, Coach, is that, you know, we're just thinking about Eric Bieniemy maybe taking uh, a different job somewhere else, and then we were kind of, you know, kicking around the idea of the fit here. And, you know, we've talked about this already. Ron and the Martys stand up there going, yep, two-to-one run ratio. So, like, would, would someone, an OC potentially have to come in and be like, oh, totally, we should run it like we're Nebraska in the early 90s. Like, that's exactly what we should be doing. You know what I mean? Like, would someone have to almost fib or kind of, you know, morph their philosophy just to just to get their foot in the door? Probably. Like I said before on this show, I think every offensive coordinator's dream yeah. is to be able to run the ball two to one. That means you're running the ball, you're having some uh, positive plays, you got the lead, you're not playing from behind. That's everybody's dream. That's what you want. I mean, Philadelphia, they were in total control of that game. Uh, they didn't even throw a pass in the second half, I don't think so. I don't think. And, uh, and that's a great situation to be in. Next week against Kansas City, against Mahomes, I'll bet they throw the ball a little bit more often. Before we go on to the Bengals and the Chiefs, just to finish up the Biennemi conversation, it seems like he might leave there for an OC job where he can call plays and kind of leave Andy Reid's shadow. Nagy didn't have to. Peterson didn't have to. Those guys weren't calling plays and got head jobs. LaFleur did something similar when he was under Sean out in L.A. and he went to Tennessee to work with Vrabel. I mean, what would you make of, if you're, if you're advising Biennemi, let's say, would you tell him leave Kansas City because obviously – no one's going to give you a job because Andy is presumably doing everything? Or what would you tell him? Well, he's had, I don't know how many interviews to Over be a head coach. Over half the teams in the league have interviewed him. Yeah, so um, maybe you work with his ability to interview. I don't know, before. Obviously, when he gets in front of people, he hasn't been able to close the door. He's had great teams. He's coached great players, and he's an excellent coach, obviously. Uh, but for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to close the door and get that job. Uh, maybe it is time for him to branch off and show that he can go out on his own and get away from Patrick Mahomes and and, and make somebody else's offense click uh, in a similar fashion as, as Kansas City. Now, if you don't bring Mahomes with you, I don't know how much you're going to do here without mm. Mahomes because he, he makes that offense go. You see a guy throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns with receivers we can't even name um, was one of the best performances a quarterback's had, in my opinion. Let's go to that Kansas City-Cincinnati uh, game. Just give me your thoughts and impressions of it. I, I thought it was outstanding. It was great fun to watch. I mean, I, I know the you know people are talking about the officials the day after, but I don't think it necessarily marred anything. It was it was great theater, but what were your thoughts, Jay? Uh, Mahomes, all day. I think no matter what happens in the game, you have to credit him. Playing with that high ankle sprain, he showed grit and toughness that uh, you may not have known that he had. Uh, still able to move and make throws outside the pocket, create plays, manipulate defenders with his eyes throw with different arm angles and accuracy and touch and arm talent. It was an incredible game. He's in a class by himself, in my opinion, in the NFL in the quarterback in the quarterback position, uh, probably of all time. I don't know if anybody, uh, you could call up anybody in the history of the league, okay, go out here, play with a bum ankle, and throw to these receivers, throw for 300 yards and win a playoff game and go to the Super Bowl. I don't know who else you can call to do that uh, and perform like he did. Jay Gruden on Grant and Danny. Why is he that guy then? Is it like from a physical tools standpoint, what makes him so special? Or is it not even that that separates him? Is it is it more intangible stuff? Both. He's got great intangibles. I mean, and his vision down the field when he breaks contain is 
to see windows and to be able to drive the ball in small areas um, accurately, uh, throw the ball with touch, deep, short, intermediate, get the ball out of his hands when he has to, hit the checkdowns when he has to, uh, break contain when he has to, and then still keep his eyes down the field, Bill, throw across his body or uh, over the top of the defense. Uh, he, he has no weakness other than sometimes he's a little reckless with the ball, which, which you're okay with because that's what makes him Patrick. Uh, but he, he is uh, the greatest player I've seen uh, at the position in a long, long time. What did Cincinnati do or maybe not do, in your opinion, that, that you would have changed? I think I would have crawled up on their receivers. I know they, you know, Eli Apple, maybe the other corner, maybe they didn't have a lot of faith in, and obviously leaving to Kelsey one-on-one would have been a concern. Uh, but I, I would have brought more pressure and try to try to attack Patrick and try to get him on the ground and hit him uh, more often. Uh, I know there's a, a risk-reward factor to that, but when you have a quarterback with a bum ankle, uh, you try to you got to try to get him. You got to try to hit him. You got to try to hit him often. They didn't hit him enough. Did you guys have any thought at all to draft in a quarterback in 17 when Mahomes came out? Because uh, that was going into, I think, the year two of the tag under Cousins, and uh, after that would be his final year there, I think, with you. The uh, only reason I ask is because uh, you drafted 17th. Uh, none of those guys were around. But I'm just curious if you even studied Mahomes as a prospect at that time. You always study quarterbacks. Um, you always have to, especially if your quarterback's on a tag and there's a chance he can leave. Uh, you're always looking for young, talented quarterbacks. There's no doubt about it, whether it's a first-round talent, second, third, fourth, sixth, it doesn't matter. You're trying to find a diamond in the rough and, and uh, because you know that that's a franchise-changing position, and you got to always search for them and do your due diligence. And if you have to trade your mortgage, your house for one, if you believe that he's the guy, like Kansas City did for Mahomes, moving up to try to get to get him, uh, was maybe one of the greatest moves in, in the NFL uh, in a long, long time. Do you remember what you thought? Or it, He was not a household prospect coming out. I know he went in the top 10, as you said, but there was a lot of debate as to whether or not Deshaun Watson was going to go ahead of him, who went two picks later, 12th to the Texans. And Mitch Trubisky went 10 picks ahead of those guys Never almost. Never forget. Uh, when the Bears traded up. Like, Do you remember specifically what the book was oh, yeah. on him or anything? I remember that he had the greatest arm. Uh, he, he was Brett. He reminded me of Brett Favre uh, watching him on tape because he could make any throw you wanted deep. I mean, he could launch it, but he also would throw some balls into triple. Cut. I remember watching the game uh, when he was at Texas Tech. He threw six touchdowns and, and threw four or five interceptions. Should have thrown nine interceptions. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, but the arm, he was fun as hell to watch because you never knew what the heck was going to happen uh, with the ball. But he was a very arm talented guy, and I think obviously. Kansas City and a couple other teams realized that, hey, if we can just rein him in a little bit, teach him the system, uh, work on his footwork a little bit, the arm talent is something you cannot coach, you cannot find. Uh, it will work with some of the skills inside the pocket, and obviously they did that. All right, Jay, put your offensive coordinator hat on here uh, for both teams. Give me Kansas City's best game plan uh, to try to win the Super Bowl, and then give me Philadelphia's. Well, Kansas City, obviously, I think they have to figure out a way to uh, stay balanced. You know, I still think um, they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more with Patrick. I still don't think he's going to be 100% with that ankle. Uh, and they got to get some receivers healthy. If not, they got to be balanced. Um, obviously, they're going to try to continue to work their guy, Kelsey. Um, uh, but that's a big thing for them. And then, obviously, Philadelphia, they're going to continue to do what they do. They're so physical up front. They're going to run the ball. And they're going to make it make uh, Kansas City stop the run for sure. they got the zone read option. Uh, they slow down the linebacker play because everybody's afraid that Jalen's going to keep it, so that leaves the holes open, gaping holes up the middle. Um, and then, obviously, the play action for uh, Jalen Hurst, getting the ball more to uh, A.J. Brown, more to Devontae Smith. I think that'll be key for them. Um, but I, I just feel like Philadelphia right now is, is, is 
top to bottom, the best team in the NFL, and they're going to be tough to beat. Do you know Howie Roseman, the GM there at all? Have you ever crossed paths with him? Yeah, for sure, yes. I mean, he's on his way now to kind of a Hall of Fame-type trajectory if he builds two Super Bowl championships. I know everyone likes talking about when they drafted Rager over Justin Jefferson. This isn't an exact science. You're not going to bat a 1,000, but what do you make of, of that vision? Like, they in Washington were on equal footing at the end of the season a few years ago. And the commanders have just kind of kept pushing their chips in to go seven and nine and win every game they can. The Eagles purposefully bottomed out, have traded for a bunch of draft picks, pick higher than Washington this year, and they're already back to the Super Bowl. Well, I think it's an incredible incredible tribute, and it's something a lot of franchises can learn from. You're not married to anybody in your organization. You're always trying to get better. And they took their second pick in the draft, Carson Wentz, and unloaded them. Uh, they took their Super Bowl leading coach, Doug Peterson, unloaded him, and uh, they tried to rebuild. And they did a great job rebuilding. They draft Jalen Hurts. Uh, they go out and trade for A.J. Brown. Um, they get uh, Hassan Reddick uh, uh, from uh, Carolina. Um, and they made some great moves. And they kept people in-house like Kelsey the center. Um, they got a big offensive lineman, Lane Johnson. They continue to take care of him. And uh, they just built within, within the organization and made some key acquisition, accusa- acquisitions. So, you got to credit Housie Roseman for the guts and the courage to make those moves to make the team better. How much of Philadelphia's offense? I mean, they, you, you go down up and down the list. Their offensive line's incredible. They've got great players all over the place. And I, I mean, I think Hertz is really, really good. He's made dramatic strides each of his first couple of seasons here, Jay. But how much of it is how good Hertz is versus how great that supporting cast and maybe some design is? It's both, you know, plus Hertz is on his rookie deal, so they're uh, able to keep a lot of key players on our team like Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay and, and, and Lane Johnson and all these guys. Uh, when Hertz has to be redone, they're going to lose some of those guys that'll hurt, but uh, they don't have any weaknesses. I mean, their offensive line is powerful. They can hit you between the tackles. Their backs are, uh, they have multiple backs that can hurt you with speed and inside the tackles. They got a very good tight end, very good receivers. Their defense alignment is fierce at a lot of different positions. They can rush the passer. They can stop the run. They got great corner play in Darius Slay, and their safeties are active, and they have a heck of a nickel. So um, where do you attack them? Hey, let's drop back and throw it. No, you'll get sacked uh, three out of four times. You know, Let's run between the tackles. No, they stop the run very effectively. So uh, the one guy that can be – uh, the kryptonite is Patrick Mahomes because he can get outside the pocket. He can avoid the rush if his ankle's better. And he can make plays outside there and get the ball down the field. And That's why this game will be so fun to watch. Jay, I'm going to ask you a, a quick question before I, I get to a larger one. Do you agree with me that based on what we saw from Brock Purdy, let's say he didn't get hurt yesterday, we saw enough to say that Kyle Shanahan would roll with him next year as his starter? I think so, yeah. Um well, I asked that to say this, though. So, Purdy, we just found out from Schefter while you were on the phone, uh, Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL. So he's going to be sidelined six months, meaning he might be back right around the beginning of August, essentially, which is training camp, to start throwing again. And I just wonder how that complicates the situation where they've got Trey Lance, who they might have to trade or keep. Garoppolo probably walks. Purdy, who could start, but now you lose the entire offseason after his rookie year. As a coach, what would you be thinking about your quarterback room now? Well, with that information that I did not know, if he's out six to seven months, then I think I'd be looking for somebody else. And then when Purdy comes back, you know you got a capable number two or a guy to compete at number one. I don't know how they feel about Trey Lance. If he's the guy, if he can take the starting role until Purdy comes back, if they feel good about him, I do not know that. But um, 
with that type of injury to a young quarterback like that, sure he'll overcome it. But reps are king. I've mentioned that many, many times. And for him to lose all those offseason reps will be critical to his development. Um, do they be patient with him? I don't know. But I think they'll probably go out and try to get somebody in the meantime. Jay, what do you make of Kellen Moore leaving Dallas and immediately it was like two minutes later going to the LA Chargers? Yeah, I mean he's 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 done good. They've had good offenses. They've been productive. He's a good offensive coordinator, bright young coach. He'll fit in good with San Diego um, or LA Chargers um, because they have a young staff. Uh, I think Mike McCarthy kind of understands that. Hey, this is my last two raw here. If I'm going to go down with the boat, I'm going to make sure I'm driving the dang thing. So he you know, probably wants to call plays, be more active in the offensive meetings and calling plays and installing his offense and his core beliefs. Sometimes when you give up play calling, you lose sight of the things that got you to where you were as a head coach. Some of the plays that you like, some of the concepts that you like. Um, he's going to get back to those, I believe, and try to get back uh, into the Super Bowl where he probably has to go to keep his job. Isn't that the ultimate lottery ticket if you're an OC? Like, that's the dream, right? To go work with Justin Herbert, who everybody loves and thinks is the next great quarterbacking star. And if you have success and he becomes what we think he can, it would seem like it's the HOV lane to a head coaching job. Oh, for sure. You know, I think if you look around the history of the league and all these coaching hires, us because they played with great quarterback, coach great quarterbacks. You know, the Brett Favre, how many coaches did he get jobs? And, and Joe Montana, I mean, all the coaching that came out of that situation. Tom Brady, how many coaches did he get hired? I mean, it, it, it's, it's no secret. Um, two great success coaches uh, have great players. And um, that's the critical thing. And he's walking into a great situation with Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert and all the rest of the crew at St. Ed's Chargers. Jay, always fun, man. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. Thank you, guys. Jay Gruden, a blast to have on Grant and Danny, 5 o'clock every single Monday. Make sure you're listening throughout the postseason and through the Super Bowl for Jay's takes on all things NFL. Uh, let's get into the enemy conversation that we were having again next, including whether or not you think Washington and Ron Rivera would allow him to operate the way he wants to. Like, if you hire him, are you dictating terms that you want to run the ball a lot more than he did in Kansas City, or do you just let him run that half of the shop, so to speak? And I do think with the breaking news on Brock Purdy, we got to touch on the 49ers quarterback depth chart next as well. But if you guys want to hop in on the enemy and on the OC search, you can do that, 800 800- 636-1067 is the number on GND. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Grant and Danny welcoming you back on The Fan. How about this from the NFL? The league has informed teams today that salary cap is going to jump a record high. $224.8 million is what the new salary cap is going to be this year. Now, this isn't the biggest jump ever. Uh, right after the lockout and then around pandemic times, there was a major jump from 21 to 22. So there have been other bigger jumps, but this is the highest the cap has ever been, as you'd imagine. Oh, yeah. The league is doing better financially than it ever has. So that is a... 16 or so million dollar leap from last year to this year. I know people will automatically say, well, there's your $16 million player. Doesn't quite work that way, but obviously teams have more money to spend than they did previously. And for clubs like Washington, that is going to be important as they try to get contracts done with Deron Payne and Montez Sweat and anyone else that they want to pay. So as soon as somebody's up in Cam the curl, yeah, as soon as someone's up in the queue, they go, well, it's not just the same market value. They're now looking agents are smart. They go, ah, this is something called percentage of the cap. So you can't just say, well, you can give my guy a million more than the next guy. No, no, no. We do violent jumps forward now. If I'm an elite defensive tackle who's a pro bowler, I'm just thinking of hypotheticals here. I'm really, really good. I had a career breakout season. The most sacks a defensive tackle has ever had in this organization. I've really blossomed on my own. I'm in my prime. Mm, you should pay me, I don't know what, 10% of the uh, of the salary cap. That's the kind of thing that's going to happen. So it is good. It gives teams some flexibility, and it's good that the league's doing well. Good for the players. But uh, it's not as simple as, oh, we now have free $16 million bucks. Not exactly. Jay called us a couple of segments ago in D.C., and he asked, where would you rank the commanders among the eight teams that have offensive coordinating openings? I just put together my rankings. I've got them sixth out of eight right now among OC openings. I'll just run through it, and then I want to see what you think. Number one, I've got the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson being on the roster until that changes makes that opening pretty exceptional. You've got a former MVP to work with, and you can draft and, and go obtain wide receiver help if that's concerned. As they've tried to do, but yeah, you're you're one away from having it be really good. But with Greg Roman out, if you're selling to someone, hey, we're not going to be as run dominant, we actually want to throw the ball outside the, the numbers now, you know, I think you could add some wide receiver talent. They've got... A terrific running back in Dobbins and a good offensive line. Two, I've got the Jets. I know that sounds kind of funny, but number one, I think they have tons of money to go recruit a high-end quarterback. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers maybe going to New York as a potential landing spot. 
Garrett Wilson is going to be the runner-up for Rookie of the Year, in my opinion, and he was the best rookie wide receiver in the league this year. If healthy, Wilson with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, which isn't even to speak of Denzel Mims, if he's still there, and Braxton Berrios, who they have in the slot. Like They have weapons in the passing game. They also went out and brought in Tyler Conklin, who's a good tight end, who was in Minnesota last year, caught a ton of passes. They have C.J. Ozama, the former Bengal, who played in the Super Bowl last year, who's good. Their running back situation, Brees Hall was off to an incredible start and then got hurt. He'll be back. And then they have Zonovan Knight, who played pretty well as their backup running back, which is not even to talk about Michael Carter and Ty Johnson, who have flashed at times. Uh, I know they have some work to do on the offensive line, but they have invested high-end picks there, right? If Makai Becton could ever stay healthy, first-round pick Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, They might need a new tackle on the right side, but they have the big center who came over, Connor McGovern, the former Cowboys. So, I think that's a really, really good job. It might even be the best job if Lamar Jackson leaves. But I also, defensive-minded head coach with Salah. So it's your meaning future. Yep. you get to run everything, and that's going to be reflected in my rankings. I've got the Titans for for the same reason. I know that their quarterback situation isn't great. I think Tannehill probably comes back for one more year. Maybe you need another wide receiver. But it's an awesome staff. Guys have gotten head coaching jobs from there. Arthur Smith, Matt LaFleur, and it's... A, a head coach who doesn't really bother you in Mike Vrabel. Like, you get to do what you want to do. That's a big, big deal. I've got the Colts fifth. I tinkered with them. I had them as low as seven and as high as five. I just don't know who their head coach is going to be yet. So I think it depends on who their head coach is. If they hire Jeff Saturday and you're working for him, yeah, that probably is lower down my list. But if they go with a defensive-minded head coach and you get to be the offensive-minded person in that building where they've had a lot of success the last few years under Frank Reich, I could see you turning that around quickly. No, you don't have a quarterback. That is going to be a problem. But Michael Pittman at wide receiver, the best running back in the league in Taylor. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line came apart at the seams last year, but has shine as recently has as a year really ago. Good, yeah. So I think th- that's five. I've got the Commanders six, and they would be much higher. By the way, the the lack of an owner, the the uh, maybe the the final year of Ron Rivera would scare the heck out of me, and and that's why I ding them. Uh, quarterback situation obviously not great either. Seven, the Cowboys. And I know that sounds ridiculous because it's Dak and a bunch of weapons. Mike McCarthy has already said, I'm calling plays. Yep. So you're going there to have the enemy problem, basically, where I don't get to call my own plays. I basically just run the meetings occasionally when Mike McCarthy doesn't want to. That's a, not as fun of a job. You put that down toward the bottom. And maybe I'm being too hard on the Cardinals, but a year without Kyler Murray, you basically just have a... I don't want to say you're punting for a year, but just... You kind of are. You're bringing in probably like an Andy Dalton, I would imagine, someone like that, to start for you for a season, and then Kyler comes back. And if Kyler was not an issue off the field or there weren't questions about him, this could be as high as number one. Because that guy's a weapon and a playmaker, and he, he seems like a really special, unique gift offensively. But he also seems like a lot to deal with, from what I can gather. Yeah, and then surrounding players aren't great, and they're aging on that roster. No, thank you. So I don't know their head coaches. So I've got Ravens, Jets, Bucks, Titans, Colts, Commanders, Cowboys, Cardinals. So you gave a really thorough explanation. Here's my contention. I think I go two columns. Just from a straight-up, here's who I'm working with, football on the offensive side perspective. Big qualifier there. Washington's second for me. Yeah, that does a lot of heavy lifting. In other words, I got... A kid quarterback that if he blossoms under me, I'm a genius. I've got great receivers. I've got a matchup advantage each and every week over another team's uh, defensive coordinator. I could come up with some really great things and a pretty good running back room. I'm an off- I'm a guard or two away from being pretty good. 
it's everything else. It's the it's the non-football stuff. It's Rivera's potential lame duck year ownership, everything else that knocks him down in the rankings for me. Uh, I'm with you. Baltimore won. I've actually got Tampa as number two. I think Tampa's a good spot, believe it or not. I know that sounds blasphemous. I think I skipped them when I was doing my breakdown. I've got them third. Yeah. Because Bowles, a defensive-minded head coach, you get that's to part run of the shot. I think that offensive line got beat up this year. I think that's a pretty good group when, when healthy you and right. You got weapons at wideout. I know Evans is 127 years old, but Godwin could still play. I think you're maybe a player away there. I think Byron Leftwich really struggled this year and left a lot to be desired. Question is quarterback. Where do they go? The question is QB. I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you. But it's, again, a thing where it's a nice little starter kit. When did it got after that? Oh, so I go uh, blah, blah, blah. at Baltimore 1, Tampa 2. Um, I like your call on the Jets at three. I'll just put Washington four, given the kind of the average of things, Tennessee five, and then the rest is the rest. Grant and Danny on the fan. All right, we owe people some time, so you will get your chance to speak on the OC search and be enemy next if you're waiting. 800-636-1067. We'll hit the calls hard in a moment uh, with that out of the way. Plus, how about some breaking commanders news? There's another commander going to the Pro Bowl. Here we go. You thought you knew all the commanders Pro Bowlers, but you don't. They're sending somebody else next on GND. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. Eric Bieniemy, set to be asked to interview with the commanders, according to the reports over the weekend. Do you think that this staff that has been on the record saying they want someone who's going to come in and run the ball would... Want Eric Bieniemy if he's willing to come here. Forget for a second that he could probably do better. That's the other side of this equation. We're just kind of looking at this from the D.C. perspective. 
one of these guys is not like the other. Shermer, Zampezi, the enemy. You know, supposedly yeah. those are the two front runners. And then you throw into the mix this guy that has had 16 head coaching interviews that inexplicably hasn't gotten a shot. Let's go to Vic in Akakik. What's up, Vic? What's up, guys? Hey, bud. Oh, man. Uh, this is interesting and interesting. Grant, I actually um, tweeted you the other day. It was a, uh, I think it was the, the running backs coach from uh, the Rams, and you were saying that he, uh, the word is he has really good character, but you hear a lot, of, a lot of good things about him, but why is it that the Rams aren't saying much about it and, they, and they're willing to let him go? Um, which uh, made me think about the Eric B. Enemy situation. So what the first thing came to my mind is Andy Reid has let two of his most coveted uh, uh, disciples, McNabb and Alex Smith. And he did that when he felt that they no longer serviced his team at the optimal level that he wanted them to. I'm not saying Eric B. Enemy doesn't serve the Chiefs at the optimal level that he wants them to, but – I do feel that Andy Reid lets people go when he feels they're expendable. And it's feels a lot like when Bill Walsh, I mean, he's from the Bill Walsh tree. When Bill Walsh told Randy Cross, you know, you probably played in this league, you know, eight, seven more years. I only want your good years. So the only thing that could, that could come up to me uh, uh, that makes any sense is that Eric Bieniemy, he may, he, he knows Eric wants a head coaching job. And he feels that I can put someone else in, Eric's role to do what we're doing and keep it moving and give Eric an opportunity to go somewhere else and be uh and 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 potentially be a head coach. Yeah, I think that's Thanks, totally bud. what it would be. Is you're you're trying to help your guy get the job that has eluded him, and and you're saying, okay, well, it's pretty clear this isn't going to work if we keep doing it this way and bang our heads against the wall. Let's try something else. But yeah, if he felt like it was all going to come apart at the seams if the enemy left, maybe you'd be less inclined to. To let him walk, but I mean, at some point, I think you want to do right by your, your top lieutenant. Chudy's in Virginia. What's up, Chudy? Hey, yeah, thanks for taking my call. So, um, just to echo the first caller's point, you know, um, yeah, I mean, when you look at the player perspective, you know, Tyree Kill left, and everybody thought that the Chiefs would take a step back, but here they are back in the Super Bowl. So, I think the same would also apply with Eric Bieniemy. If you know, they thought that well, we wouldn't lose a step if Eric Bieniemy should leave us. Now, for him to come to Washington, I think the prospect would intrigue him. I think that Washington even interviewing him shows a shift saying that, hey, we want a professional, we want a guy, and Eric the Enemy could be the person. I mean, yes, I'm sure Eric the Enemy is thinking about, oh, if I can morph Sam Howell into at least something adjacent to Patrick Mahomes, I'll be a genius. And I have pieces. I have, I have a McLaurin. I've got good running backs. I can probably influence them getting a tight end if I, if I want to replicate something in, in from KC to Washington. So I think all the pieces are there that would be that would help um, the enemy say, oh, this is an attractive position. And it's Washington. If I turn Washington around and if I get them beat, then my um, prospects are very high. And that's so, the key yeah, right there. Interested. Appreciate the phone call, Trudy. That's what it is, right? You go, there's a good starter kid here. They're not a million miles away on offense. And here's the other thing. You're not being held to the standard of a top five group. Like if you if if Andy Reid retired tomorrow and Eric Bieniemy was in charge of Kansas City's offense and they dropped to like 15th in the league that'd be a grave disappointment, right? Because you're dealing with the group that's 1, 2, 3 or 4 over the last, you know, 5 years basically since Mahomes took over. If you got this group to 15th, parades, 
You'd be you'd be heralded as a conquering hero because we've been in the upper twenties for the last uh, you know basically half decade or so, right? I mean, it's all a matter of context, and it would look really good on your resume. Kevin's been waiting in Arlington. What's up, Kevin? Kev? How are you? Hey guys. So let's go back. I mean, Andy Reid has always done very well with mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, let's go to Donovan McNabb, and then Michael Vick, and then he comes to Kansas City and. Alex Smith, before the leg injury, was very mobile. And even Patrick is. The thing is, Patrick's a unicorn. And so, you know, possibly the best quarterback in ages. And so, all of a sudden, they weren't as run-oriented as they had been prior to Patrick. But I could see, listen, I mean, Ron and Andy are close. Uh, I could see a, a more progressive type of running game where maybe we emphasize run, but, you know, San Francisco does that. Philadelphia does that. All right? And, and, and you look at Hal's mobility, you know, I think of Jalen Hurts' mobility. I mean, there are ways to scheme up an offense where run is very important uh, enough to satisfy uh, Rivera. I just can't believe this is a, a you know, smoke and mirror thing and that they're going to go to Zampezi. Um, call me uh, silly and naive, but I, I think this could work. I, I, I would like to see it happen. So I didn't even think, and it's a great call as always, Kev, thanks, about the ties between Reed and Rivera, of which there are many and they go back, right? But that's something where maybe they get on the phone and Reed goes, hey, if Eric comes over with you, I I think we can get him a head coaching job. And there's that conversation that could take place. Mm -hmm. Rivera has also been progressive in his hiring in terms of he's a minority head coach in a league where there are only a few minority head coaches. He has a female uh, Jennifer King on his staff who is the assistant running backs coach. No, he has been cutting edge, progressive, whatever you want to call it, in giving jobs to um, coaches that he deems qualified or, or, you know, areas on the chart that are underserved, so to speak. And so I I could definitely see him wanting to give the enemy a a shot for the long-awaited head coaching opportunity that has eluded him. Sean and Woodbridge, you get the last word on this for now. Go ahead. Hey, fellas. Oh, yeah, but five-star fellas, is Jay Gruden not the bomb, man? The best. <laughs> he, he's fun. So fun. He, do, he does a great oh, segment with us, bro. Jay is the man. But look, check this out, guys. The enemy's not going anywhere. Do y'all, How long do y'all think that, uh, uh, that Reed is going to stay there? You've got probably the best quarterback in the league, right? They're not letting that dude go nowhere. They've already put that out between the owners. He's got to be touched. He's that man's successor. But why the is he interviewed is for stupid. 17 jobs He's interviewed then? so much. It's, it's He's tried to leave smoke. there a million times. But, listen, but we're talking about the NFL here. It's about smoke and mirrors. That man is staying right there to take over when Andy gone. Andy ain't hanging around much longer, man. And, and what's his name? is a young guy. You know what I'm saying? Mahomes is still a young dude. He'll be around another six, seven years. It's possible. Sean, we're late, so I appreciate you jumping in there. Thank you. I don't buy that. He's interviewed for too many jobs, and there's legitimate smoke to the idea that he might leave to try to go get his head coaching chance. Reed will turn 65 this year to that point. I, it feels like he's got a lot of years left, but what does that really mean? Five? Let's say two. Let's two, say seven. Three, Let's yeah. say eight. Who knows? But regardless, there's no guarantee they would hire the enemy. No. That's the best job in football. Seven straight divisions. You're inheriting Mahomes. I'd like to think they would, but there's no guarantee of that. Grant and Danny on the fan. Get you an update here at the top of the hour. 
Uh, there is a new commander going to the Pro Bowl. We will tell you who and the 49ers quarterback situation next season just got a lot more complicated after the Purdy injury. You're listening to The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.